Hello and welcome to the Emotion at Work podcast where we take a deep dive into the human condition and this week we are continuing with our Emotion at Work in Stories series. So this is something that started uh, at the beginning of 2018 with me talking about my story and the overlap between my physical uh, health and then uh, my mental health and how that kind of made me feel and what I was thinking as a, as a result of, um, of some physical difficulties that I was facing. Uh, also then uh, I've had a, a lovely chat with Amanda Arrowsmith who's at Ponte Carlo Blue on Twitter where we talked about um, imposter syndrome and then this week we're going off for this episode we're going into the topic of burnout and uh, our guest is something that's had a, a very personal experience with that and that's something we're going to to get into and, and talk about today but uh, the, for me the reason I, I, I I really want to talk about burnout is because my experience of it is that often we just ignore it and we just pretend it's not happening. And I vividly remember one occasion where um, somebody who who I worked with got signed off with um, from work because they were burnt out. And someone said to me, oh, yeah, I kind of saw that coming. And I thought, really? You saw that coming and we didn't do anything about it. That is just, that's not good. That's that's a whole host of, of bad stuff that's going on right there. And so for me, it's important that we get the topic of burnout out and we get it heard and we get it talked about, which is why when um, when I got chatting with Amy, she said she'd be happy to, to share. I was really excited to get her on the podcast. So uh, I've mentioned her now, so we should get her on air. So let's welcome uh, this, this episode's guest, Amy King. Hi, Amy. Hi, Phil. Hey, how you doing? I am full of cold, thank you, and I'm, I'm, I'm self-editing to make sure I don't do lots of sniffing uh, as we record the podcast today, because that's the last thing an audience member wants to hear. I agree. Um, it's, it's me sniffing away, so I will, uh, I will make sure I, I work really hard not to do that. Uh, um, so before we kind of get into the, the main content of the podcast proper, one of the things that I do with all the guests uh, is ask a unexpected and yet <laughs> innocuous question. Um, to get us going so and, and we'll both answer it if that's all right so I'll, I'll ask it and then come to you first and then I'll give my uh, my thoughts afterwards and um, so what I'm curious to know then is what has got in your way recently oh okay what's got in my way um um I think probably um I mean so this year I've been really quite determined and focused to get back as everyone does into getting fit so yoga has become my thing and I found that the big thing that has got in my way I've been really good I've been going three four times a week and by the way if you've not been I really recommend it it's amazing but has been travel and um, it'll be actually really relevant to what we're going to talk about today but how when you have to travel longer distance and when you're not in your kind of normal environment how much that impacts um things that you're actually trying to do which I thought mm. was quite interesting so um so yeah probably travel so I'm I live in Bristol I'm always in London and I'm always having to you know pack my suitcase and and think about you know being away for two three days so yeah travel has got in my way recently I'd say it's obviously got me places too um but I think you know in what I've been trying to do recently it's probably been the thing that's been disruptive and I've had to think about managing more um okay. so yeah that, I don't know if that that works but that's yeah that's good what springs to mind no that's good thank you and and so in terms of the so yoga is is something that that so the travel's got in the way of doing yoga and so what does yoga do for you or how do you find kind of the experience of yoga ah so i i guess a few things really obviously you can look at it in terms of it builds your core strength and it sounds very um 
almost it sounds like a relaxing kind of exercise but actually it's really hard you have to hold these awkward positions for long periods of time and almost what you learn to do is it's not just the the workout that you're getting but it's it's the connection to leaning into the pain and the awareness of your body and your mind and that relationship so it, it kind of builds a sense of um consciousness and awareness and stillness which means that all the other things that exist um, in your life and that maybe work you up and get you anxious they disappear because in that moment you are purely focused on the balance or you know holding that position so it gives you this sense of clarity and connection and I think it just helps you reconnect with some of the things that are really really important to you it kind of with yourself so I found that really useful I love the challenge and the and the workout and you know you get toned and all that all of that but it's also the other side of it which is much more mental and emotional uh, which I found really powerful and I think the big thing for me with yoga which perhaps um, is different with other sports and things that you can do is you, you can have a class full of people you know from very um you know, experienced yoga practitioners to complete beginners and you can go through the same routine and you'll just have different levels you can do it at um, but there's this sense of no judgment so you mm, don't worry okay. about what anyone else is doing it's just you and your practice and it's not about being competitive or comparing yourself to others which you know we're all guilty of doing so it actually helps you learn to do that as well um, and just to do what you need to do for you um, so yeah I've, I've found that really valuable this year um, just uh, not just physical but mental well-being um, mm. so it's really important to me now to to keep that up um, I know you know different people find different things but that's something that I've found really valuable and and, the, and then therefore then the travel is the thing that gets in the way because it takes your it takes away the times or the opportunities potentially for you to do that yeah it is it just uh you know it means that you have to get up really early in the morning so you can't do that morning class or you get back really late so you can't do it in the evening so it's just meant that you have i think when you find something that's important to you it's easy to let these things become excuses and to give up on you know something that you're trying to do um so so for me I've, i'm gonna have to work out when i am traveling you know backwards and forwards you know how do I incorporate into the day for instance which really isn't yeah. hard to do but you know our brains are wired to like the easy option and having to just you know rethink and replan that you, as you do it a few times it's easy but it's it's been the thing that I think has got in the way a little bit this year um from the yoga um not in a major way but I, it's something that I want to make sure doesn't stop what I'm trying to do as I travel more mm. So yeah, so that's me. How about you? What's your um, think? What's your thing that's got in the way, Phil? Um, so, so I think it's me, if I'm honest, oh. for this week. Uh, and but in particular, it's it's me saying yes to stuff. Mm. So uh, I mentioned off air to you that that I'm just mad busy at the minute, and and the challenge is I'm loving every single thing that I'm doing. Yeah. So. And, and that's the bit that in a way I find quite challenging so what it's meaning is that I'm struggling to find time for um, things like Pilates so I'm, I'm not doing yoga I'm doing more Pilates instead and I'm not going to classes I've I, I, I met an instructor and they gave me a few kind of exercises to do to try and work on my course so I do them regularly during the day and you know similar to you that being busy is, is getting in the me saying yes to things and being busy is getting in the way of that mm -hmm. um, but 
uh, and I, I really find it interesting kind of grappling with the um, what I've in a way kind of created as a dichotomy of being too busy but similarly absolutely loving every minute of what it is that I'm doing you know there's nothing that I'm doing that, that I'm finding a chore or difficult but because I've got so much of it I'm working in the evenings I've pulled a couple of, of really late nights recently where I've been up working through to kind of half one in the morning oh, um, which nice. you know and, and I know from a kind of health point of view that I can't sustain that and I suppose mm. in a way I hadn't deliberately thought about sharing this actually but this is going to take us into I suppose the, the burnout topic for today because I know I'm tired you know I, yeah. I know I'm pushing myself really hard at the moment yeah. and, and, the, and the bit that I'm finding really challenging is well but I don't want to stop doing any of the stuff that I'm doing because I'm really loving it really? you know it's not it's not like I'm you know the work I'm doing is I'm finding laborious or cumbersome or um you know there's somebody else that's saying right you have to work this hard this is something I'm absolutely putting on myself yeah. um yeah and and it, and it is short term I can see you know I can see an end to it come first week of March it, it eases off a lot but there's you know the flip side of that is um I know that February is going to have been a really hard month physically mentally tiring month um so yeah yeah Yeah. so I'm gonna I mean I know we're gonna talk about me but um it all feels so familiar um so what do you is there anything in February Phil that you think would help you stop getting in your own way because you love everything you're doing you're absolutely right it's you can't sustain that that work rate necessarily and and sleep particularly is just so important do you think there's anything that you can do to help that for this month you know other than just kind of accepting that it's a, a an intense month so i'm i'm con- i'm carving out time for things that are important to me so yesterday uh, was it yesterday what day is it today friday no wednesday mm-hmm. um i carved that time to go swimming so it would have been dead easy for me to say right actually you know i'm not going to swim because i'm so busy you know i'm only in the pool for half an hour but by the time i drive there and get changed and shower afterwards and drive home you know that's like an hour and a half gone or whatever um so it could have been really easy for me to say no i'm not going to do that but that's something you know that that physical exercise is something that is is important to me right now so i've you know carved out time for that um, I've carved out time for you know, for family. So my wife and I went out on a on a Valentine's Day date in the evening, and that's the first time we've done that in years. We haven't gone out actually on Valentine's Day for a long, long time. Um, and you know, and, and again, we we made it so that you know, we had a babysitter. We could come back whenever we wanted. We could just kind of take the time to relax. And again, it would have been dead easy to say, right, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, we're not gonna go actually because I'm really busy and I've got this fee earning work I'm going to do. So um, I'm working hard to to carve time out. And but but I think it's also to answer your question is um, thinking more cleverly or creatively about how I can get other people to help me with um, with what I'm doing. So um, Simon, who who edits the podcast for me, I've got him on kind of standby because I knew we were recording today, and I want to get this podcast out as soon as we can. So I've got him on standby to do the editing. Whereas again, it could have been something. You know that I could have gone. Oh, well, I'll do that myself because it's quick and easy. But you know, getting him to do that, um, and I've got a, a couple of workshops coming up in uh, late Feb, week after next, that I need to create a load of handouts for, so I can get um, my VA to help me with that. So yeah, I think I just need. But when you're in it, it's hard to stop and go. Oh, actually, who can help me? Yeah. I think that's the other thing is stopping and going. Right, who can I? Who can I ask to help me? Or what? Yeah. What deadlines could I see if I can move? Or you know all these things that I'm putting pressure on myself for actually 
uh, is there any flexibility and wriggle room with it? Yeah, yeah. I to- I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about all of these things, but it, yeah, it can become very difficult when you're. It, it's all on you, and it's it's knowing where the headspace is and and where you can get that wiggle room to do other things. Um, I actually found one thing that's quite useful is not creating a to-do list when you're such a busy person you kind of know what you intuitively need to do obviously you don't want to forget things but it's it's the not to-do list so it's the things that just need to wait well like, I like that yeah it's just there's there's always there's, you're never going to complete the to-do list which itself could feel like a burden really um there's all you never finished if you see what I mean but mm. ruling out the things that you just have to accept okay I know that I'd like to do this or it could it's it is actually important for me to do but this right now is in my not to do list I'm not going to think about it or this is going to wait till March that's actually quite useful um or even the things that in the day within your day-to-day habits you know just what's the one thing that can just you can remove it can be really small it could be I don't know I can't think of anything right now, but yeah, just that helped me quite a lot actually. Just mm. thinking of what not to do. Um, so yeah, it's worth thinking about. But so is there a? Um, and I don't know if I like this word, but it's the word that's in my head, and I can't I can't think of anything differently. So is there is there like a a, a sacred list of? Um, this is what I absolutely have to do. Yeah. So you. So for example, just now you were talking about yoga, mm. um, and. Uh, if anyone's listened to my podcast which is episode 15 I think it was um because I can't run at the moment that is a real struggle for me that that was my place that was my you know when I wanted it all to quieten down when I wanted it all just to kind of go away and and just to kind of just to let everything settle I I use the metaphor of settling the sand a lot so you when when you've got a, a glass of water that's got when you've got a glass that's got sand and water in it when when everything is calm the sand is at the bottom and the water's at the top and they are clearly delineated things whereas what life does is it shakes the glass up and it makes everything a bit cloudy so having ways or mechanisms or approaches to get that sand to settle back down again so that everything can be just that little bit clearer is really important mm-hmm. and and running used to be my sand settling activity yeah so mm-hmm. that was my that was kind of where I and whenever I came back from a run I was always a hundred times better than I was before I left. I'd be more relaxed. I'd be more. I'd be tired, physically tired, but mentally I'd be clearer. I'd be more relaxed. I'd be more focused. I'd be more attentive. I'd be more um, all of those things. Um, and and I know in the you know for me now not having that, I, I feel more tumultuous than I did before. And I haven't found something to replace it yet. So swimming doesn't do that for me. Swimming doesn't. I don't come out of swimming with it having all of that stuff happen. I still I still haven't found that that thing that I can do that will allow all of that stuff to take place yeah yeah it's I think it's really individual in terms of what you you personally like doing and I think it's just so hard when there's something that you've loved doing and that has been your release and and something that helps you and then you're not able to do that um so it, it is a little bit of trial and error as to what what works best for you um there are I think you asked this you know what, what are the kind of almost golden rules to help you feel better I think there's a number of things that can help like for instance you mentioned you were working till 1.30am in the morning and I've I'm guilty of that I've done that a lot in the past 
Um, so one of my big golden rules now is sleep. I have become really strict on my sleep um, and the research is insane showing how important sleep is to our, our, our brain functioning, our cognitive function, function functioning and just our general sense of wellness and, and vitality in a given day. So mm. I find that I can actually operate, you know, I feel like I'm operating well even if I get six hours sleep, like I, I think I can get through the day. No one would think anything of me. I'm not, you know, making massive mistakes. But if you do that continuously, where you're getting less than six, um, or even less than seven, is what research shows, it massively changes how your brain works, and it actually mm-hmm. is meant to be as bad as if you've been drinking alcohol. Like if you've drunk alcohol the day before and then you work the next day versus having less than six hours so anyway so for me oh, really? sleep okay. yeah it, it is yeah it, because it changes um it, it's about it's about speed of its functioning and just how well you can you know remember information um your alertness and things that you notice you might find that your mind wanders a little bit more you have to just work harder so it takes more energy yeah. um you can't hold information as well even if you feel that you can and i know there's people who say that they've trained their brains to to sleep less and I'm quite intrigued by that because I think that there must be some techniques but in general sleep is is where your it's restoration so all your synapses in your brain are trying to you know work out what memories and what what things you've processed during the day is useful or not so that you can organize all of that to work optimally anyway mm. um, this is a psychologist of me coming out but, um, but yeah I find that if I get less than that I, I do notice it now and because I've been sleep deprived I, I went through a period where I was majorly sleep deprived for a long period of time um, and now I'm really regimented to get seven to eight hours if I go to bed um, late I will purposefully like, and I have a bit more flexibility now but I will plan to get up later. I, I won't rush up with and put pressure on myself to do certain things that might be good. Like I might want to go out to do yoga, for instance, or if it was for you, you might go for a run. Mm. Um, I will decide, okay, no, that's, that's something that I haven't managed properly. So I've gone to bed late, so I'm going to get up later. Or if I know that I'm going to get up early, even if it feels quite hard to do, I will make myself go to bed early really simple stuff and probably you know everyone's thinking well yeah obviously but how many of us actually stick to that and actually do it I don't know um and I think sleep deprivation is just it's everywhere in in the workplace so that's for me exercise yeah it's just getting to know like what works for you getting outside is a really big thing um you know being out outdoors um there's there's kind of emotional well-being which is your relationships downtime and just actually switching off and having your me time is meant is actually got really positive associations with how you feel and your energy play um, we talk about sorry. that yeah go on no no go on you finish yeah i was just gonna say there's loads of things like downtime play time to connect with others um physical activities massive sleeps massive um and yeah just and relationships that they're the big kind of areas that actually make up healthy like a healthy mind basically um and it's in all the research and it's it's everywhere but that's you can relate to your own personal experiences um but yeah they're they're my initial kind of rules of thumb okay so the the question i want to ask then is 
you mentioned in that that, that you were sleep deprived at one point and and I, I want to kind of explore that with you but before I do um, my daughter's just come back from a sleepover and there's nobody else in the house apart from me and I can hear her in the lounge going hello oh, hello so her. I'm just I'm just going to go and let her know that I'm here yeah. um, and I'll be back in like um, 20 seconds hang on cool. so then fair listener um, you'll have ed- the, the, the last sort of 25 seconds or so will have edited out the podcast so you don't get to hear me kind of opening a door and closing a door again um, but my daughter is safe and she is fine and happy so just to <laughs> put everyone's mind at rest everything <laughs> is good, good. Um, right, Amy, so, uh, yeah, so you said you were sleep deprived. Um, yes. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of how I operate as a person, um, and I think, well, hopefully people relate to this, I, I think maybe not enough people, but genuinely I loved my work um, and I love doing things that I'm passionate about. Um, and I, you know, my work's very much in the psychology of people and and I apply that within the world of consulting so I work with organizations and it requires lots of travel um, obviously the world of consultancy can be very client focused so you're always on to, to yeah. meet, the de- meet the demands of the client and I was also working in an organization which I absolutely love um, I'm not actually working there anymore but um, spent seven years working in a small consultancy that was going through growth it introduced technology and it was going through its evolution so there was continuous change that was in that environment too so I agree with it as it grew and okay. I, I suppose in some what what it kind of led to was I took on more responsibility and I'll talk more about you know what kind of led to the sleep deprivation but it got to the point where I was traveling a lot and I would get up at five, half five in the morning because I had to travel uh, long distances and I would get home, I would work easily a 12 hour day, which is not good to do regularly, but I would easily find you know, 10 hours was normal um, and then up to 12 and then I'd get home at nine o'clock at night with the travel and mm. and when that happens you know if I was on my own then you, you can potentially use that, t- that time a different way but then you've got other things that you need to do and you know my other half would be there I'd feel guilty for being away and for being so late so you end up staying later so before you know it you're getting to bed late and you know night on night you're getting five to six hours um, a night and what's weird is you d- I found that I didn't really realize it for a while I didn't realize actually how little sleep I was getting and mm. it, it just over time started to erode uh, like my sense of like vitality like I said on a day-to-day basis I, I, I would be able to get up it was never that I was like oh my god I'm so tired I can't get up it was it was kind of looking ahead at the day and I had so much on I, I'd be jumping out of bed because I needed to get everything I could out of that day um, but you know sleep was the thing I compromised on and to be honest very very early on I was more naive in that I would like you if I had something really that was dem- like needed some additional focus and attention sorry if it's a bit noisy in the background there's a lorry coming past um, okay. but if there was something that you know required more deep work um, and I, I, I like to like pour everything into what I do I don't like to half do things um, I would just think to myself, well, I, I like this work. I'm going to stay up and, until I feel like I'm happy with it. 
and I could easily stay up till midnight working on something because I enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't that mm. I was sat there saying, oh, I hate this, oh, this is horrible. I would enjoy it. Um, and it would, it would get stupid. And I, I think I was very naive at the start that I didn't realise how doing that was so detrimental to the, my, my in-the-day kind of energy and therefore it would impact my performance. And it was only once it became a problem for me that I realised. Um, so I started to track it actually using an app just to create awareness so that I could yeah. see it and then I saw the problem as soon as I saw the problem then I started to try and make changes but even then it was hard because by this time I I was just had a lot of demands and I had to do this you know what am I not going to do kind of approach rather than trying to do everything and be more efficient so to speak um, so so sleep yeah it was I guess that's the story of how it developed um, but it it was interesting because it did it does it adds to exhaustion um, and burnout which is what I know we're going to talk about more is um is just a number of things it's a state it's, it's through chronic stress that you develop burnout but um, and then lots of things contribute to it um, but ultimately it's down to you have a depletion of your resources so that could be your personal resources like you've not had enough sleep and you don't have as much energy just generally mm -hmm. um, but it could be other things like your support and then you uh, and your demands are you know chronically asking too much of you then you can deal with um and if you do that for long enough your body's producing all this cortisol and it's it's a chemical reaction it's not just kind of hyper um kind of a, it's not a hyper stress response and that it's a, it's not an adrenaline kick it's genuinely it's wearing your body down over time and it has a massive impact on your emotions and how you then relate, you know, mentally and physically to your work. So, um, but yeah, sleep was, I think, a huge part of me not looking after myself. And that's been a major learning as you have to look after yourself. You can't, you're not a super hit, you're not a superwoman, superman. You can't like force your body to do things that it's not designed for. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's what I did for a while is I was, I was so motivated by what I was doing that I just wanted to do more and more and more but it doesn't work that way so don't do that guys if you if you're doing that <laughs> <laughs> so so that the, there's a couple of bits in that that i find really interesting so one um and, and i was going to ask a different question but i'm going to stick with this for a minute so the um what, what i've heard in the past when i talk to other people about kind of burnout exhaustion stress um is is about the expectation that the organisation or the institution or or peers or managers put on, um, you know, put on somebody is what has caused that to happen. So like, you know, whether you know, the expectation is that you are, you know, you are you arrive at eight, you don't leave till eight, and if you do any, you know, if you leave, if you do anything different to that, then you're. Um, you know you're not working hard enough or there's like an implied competition for who's the last person to comment on the whatsapp group about about the work that they're doing you know who can comment the latest in the day because that then signifies that they're working the hardest because they're still working at whatever time <clears throat> but what you were describing um and there may i mean you can tell me in a minute if there are other if, if that was part of it in a way but what you were describing was almost like a self-imposed or a self-driven um aspect to it yeah 
Yeah, I'd say it's definitely both. Um, I def I put a lot of um, responsibility on myself. I I had the um, I just had a different setup. I I was lucky in that my work was always very flexible. You know, I think some people get really they're in a really difficult position where they're expected to be in at a certain time and leave at a certain time, and you get this presenteeism effect which is really damaging to people and the business as well because you're not actually present at work you're just turning up and you're not actually being particularly productive so I didn't have that challenge I could pretty much go into work when I wanted how I wanted Um, I could go in later leave earlier I could work at home as well to be honest that was that's really important to me Um, so it wasn't that so much it was it was really two things i think i've learned in my personality and and what i'm like i i find that i'm either on or off so when i'm on i go all in and assuming that i love my work and that is important to me so I, i just wanted to do more and more and more and it wasn't for any big crazy ambition that i wanted to get to the top or anything i just wanted to do great work and I enjoy challenge so I take on new challenges that just interest me so just by my own motivations and makeup I find that I just like to do that I I thrive as long as it doesn't over go too far where I can take on those things so it's definitely an element of me here now the bit that then flips and you know I saw this happen to other people is you can actually work hard and it feels like play you know it you're not it doesn't really feel like work you can be up till you can be up late just reading you know it doesn't have to be that you're working just it's out of choice that you're doing that but it did flip for me where it wasn't just that I was passionate about it obviously I wanted to do a good job and that was maybe part of it is you you don't want to feel like you're not performing you want to hold up the standard that you set for yourself Mm. but within my um within my work I was getting more demands on me there was more change and ambiguity um, I was continuously having to learn, like pick up and learn new things and it was being being put under pressure to how I did that okay um, so there were some things within my work that just suddenly meant um, I, I had too much happening so my day was I it's very cliche back-to-back meetings like literally one after the other and that is exhausting because you don't actually get to do your job you just in meetings talking to people about stuff so the cog like the switch in your thinking from one meeting to another you're having you know a very sensitive conversation with someone you work with versus then you're with a big client doing a big presentation versus something you know a, a serious kind of management you know decisions being taken whatever they're so varied with the different hats you have to have on so that switching becomes exhausting um and then you have all the things that you read about which is you get to your inbox and you've got you know 300 emails unread from just the last two days and you think well when am i going to do that so basically you then start to play catch up so that's when it starts to flip um to it just you end up doing longer hours so eight hours turns to ten hours you're using the train journey for emails or whatever 
Um, so, and then on top of that, if I add my passion, my motivation, I want to do a really great job. So I'd probably do a bit more on top of that because I, I, I felt motivated to do that. But over time, that starts to really wear on you. So I think it's a bit of everything. You could, I, could, I think you could look at the same um, opportunity or position that I was in. I'd approach certain things very differently now because I've learned from that. And I wouldn't take certain things on, like some opportunities, really exciting things. Like I just wouldn't want to miss out. I would be running podcasts, I'd be running workshops, I'd be doing talks for business. I do all these things I love, but something has to give. And you're much better off just focusing on the few things that you can really do well rather than taking the world on because it, it you just don't want to <laughs> not do it. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's another part, which is, you know, I didn't ask for support and I didn't ask for help. And I just was just trying to perform and be my best every day without really realising that I, I did just need more support generally. Um, yeah. So I think it's a real mix. And, you know, I think some people treat their work much more transactionally. So it's easier probably to negotiate those things. I think actually when you when you love what you do and you feel that you're doing well at it, and then you also get those demands it, it can actually be quite an interesting concoction which um can lead to burnout um so yeah i think it was a real mixed bonus phil in how that mm. how it kind of develops and it ha- kind of happened without me really realizing because i can perform generally speaking under pressure pretty well um i i, I could I don't think really it was something that people would say oh god Amy's burnt out you know people wouldn't have noticed it per se other than Mm. I was rushing around like a mad person Um, but eventually I did notice it it started to wear on my like my mental well-being and like how I felt about myself and um, I was more emotional and I'm actually really um naturally very calm that's how people see me and they would have seen me as calm still so they wouldn't have seen that but per se but I knew the difference um and I needed a real break um I had to like kind of take myself away from it for a period of time so that I'll I'll pay you later for for the link because the the other thing that I was I said before I asked that last question there were two things I was really interested in Mm. so the other thing was about the awareness so you mentioned um, so I'm going to make the link back to what you talked about sleep and then, and then I'll ask, you know, I'll give you the choice kind of where we go from here. But you mentioned that, that you started to become aware of your sleep and then you used an app to track it. And then as the result of that tracking, you then made some thought, right, I need to make some changes because what I'm getting isn't enough. And again, you mentioned just now that you started to, to notice things like you were more um, emotion was, was happening either more strong, you said emotional, I don't know what that means for you, but you were, you were more emotional. So where, where did that, you know, sort of what helped with that awareness or where did that awareness come from, I guess? Because one of the, that's one of the things I think that is really hard when you're in something, it's really hard to notice that you're in it. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it takes someone else telling you or someone else highlighting it. So then being aware you know, yourself is, um, I think, is really tricky. It's one of the one of the throwaway lies I hear a lot of work. Oh, they just need to be more self-aware. Yeah, but do you know how hard that is? That is like really hard to do. It's so um, hard. Yeah. So, so for you then, you know, kind of what either brought it into your awareness or how how did that? Yeah, how did that awareness come for you? Yeah, yeah, it's a good, really good question. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, people who are close to you probably pick things up, but they don't really see like 
the workplace environment and how you're reacting to that. So there's one particular example that I think stands out, which was it was it been a particularly intense three months, and I was in a series of management meetings and. I had a close colleague who was in some of those meetings with me and she'd known me for years and we always had a joke because she's very different to me. She's very um, emotionally expressive and, and reacts very quickly and intensely emotionally like positive, negative, whatever it is. She wears her heart on her sleeve all the time and we have a good laugh because we've had several situations where we are both in it and how different we react to it but and I've yeah. always been the calm um kind of level-headed and <clears throat> more relaxed person generally um I tend to have a more delayed reaction um it, it just is part of who I am and uh we'd had a particular meeting with uh, with this uh, with this bunch of people and clearly something had wound me up I don't even know what it was um or, or I'd reacted somehow to the meeting. I remember talking to her afterwards and I was probably offloading or like saying what was frustrating or whatever it was. Um, and she'd been talking to me a bit already and she just said, she just literally replayed it back to me and said, you're, you're so emotional right now. And I've never seen you this way before. You're really emotional. And because we've always had this joke that we're opposite and she was now saying it to me and she was now like this isn't right <laughs> I was like oh like you're right like I, I suddenly I did it took me it made me realize and just check myself and say I hmm. am really emotional I'm reacting to the littlest of things actually emotionally um, and it's really winding me up um, and it was really odd because I was like you're right and then even when you're aware what's weird is I couldn't just stop it. I I was just feeling that way. Was was what I realised. Um, so that was the first point where I, I think it was kind of a, a bit of a reality check of it, how this was. And I didn't at this point, by the way, think I was burnt out. I was just I was just trying to do everything that was, you know, being asked of me and and um, working on brilliant, amazing things. But I think that was when I realised actually I'm that I'm not being myself basically um, yeah. and I think that's what other people around me started to see is that I had a, she's a good friend of mine I've worked with her um, very closely at different points and she at the time was like working in my team and there was a particular it was really, this is really boring but there was a particular piece of like technology that was being put in and we needed, you know, everyone was learning how to use it and I just remember mm. she I think she just made a bit of a comment on you know because it was a change and it's extra effort on top of everyone she's made a comment I remember I snapped at her and I was I was actually I felt angry and I don't I, that's not me and anyway eventually we spoke about it and she said that she's just never seen me that way before um where I was snapping and I was I was visit like visibly annoyed and angry about something yeah. Um, so people just I think there was just a couple of occasions where it did come back to me and the good thing was is I had good relationships there and people that I could trust and, and they, they knew me so I don't think they judged me for it per se but I think that that's what kind of does it is people who know you well and see what you're like and they don't see that's you they just see that something you're, you're just not feeling yourself basically 
So those are the two examples that probably spring to mind. Um, so if, if you are, yeah, if you are going through time difficult period of time, like or if you're having people, you know, say or make a comment or mention things to you, that's normally a good sign that something's not right and it's easy to brush it off. I think it's only really looking back, you really look back and say, oh yeah, no, I can really see that now. Um, I think the other, with the emotion, I think the other thing that I started doing, because I realised then that I wasn't like feeling my best um, yeah. and I, I knew that I needed to get out of that, but that's actually like really it's actually quite hard to do because like you said once you're in it you're in it and you all you're trying to do is keep things going um and you start to actually resent it because you've realized it and then you want to change it but it's hard to change um unless you do something drastic and and i genuinely think that's why lots of people say i'm quitting my job i can't do this i'm gonna go off traveling i'm whatever big change it is it's it, it is obviously a really quick way to fix it because you just immediately eliminate the problem. Um, I didn't do that. I focused on how I did it. So, um, so I started to actually um, write down how I felt every day. Like just okay. what, what are the things like a journal sort of thing. Yeah, a journal. And it sounds it wasn't like a dear diary diary thing. It was you know what am I trying to do and achieve and what's getting in my way and you know how am I feeling because actually how I was feeling was was starting to impact like just everything really um not to anyone else would, would that they'd see and if I was being really honest and I do think this, this is why it's important to talk about it because I, I just don't think there's enough understanding or recognition for um you know stress and burnout just wellness at work and, and these things become not almost taboo, but we've still got a long way to go to for people no, I think to taboo's okay. talk about it. So, but what I realised is for someone who is seen by other people, most of the time is I'm optimistic, I'm calm, I'm relaxed, all the things. Um, I felt, I, I would end the day and I would be really negative towards myself. I would feel not good enough. I felt like I was failing. I had I realised eventually that my like self esteem was starting to get impacted, um, and I realised that as I started to write these things down because I felt really bad about myself. That was what was happening. Is it wasn't just that it was you know there was a lot happening and it was intense because it being sustained. Um, I, I just started to realise that I was feeling bad about myself, and that's when I was like, okay, <laughs> I that narrative, that cognitive, I'm not good enough. Like and going over in your head, that has to stop because that's really not good for you at all. And I, I do genuinely believe when I, because I'm doing a lot of research now into this and I'm really passionate about it, there's a lot of challenges that lots of people face and it's, it's everywhere. I know lots of people who have had challenges. And I'm not talking about burnout now, I'm just talking about that kind of wellness, I suppose. Um, yeah. You know, there's lots of challenges out there, and even if people around you look like they're okay a lot of people aren't there's all the kind of behavioral masking and presenteeism like i've said so um so i i just i generally believe is there's a lot to be talked about and dealt with and, and more can be done and it's it it says nothing on the person and whether they're good at what they do or not it's it's just about how do we look after ourselves and take better care of how we're functioning um so I started to take action to fix that 
Um, and I didn't really know how to do that, um, other than you, you can look at the tangible things like, well, I'll go, like I said, I'm going to have more sleep or I'm going to not work these long hours. I'm going to, you know, talk to someone to, you know, get more support so that I'm not having to do all these extra things. So there's, they're easier things to, to tackle. Mm. Um, but I also started to look for other sources of, sources of inspiration. So, um, so yeah, that was quite a long answer to your question, but I think no, there's, a lot, right. there's a lot in it, um, in terms of, you know, how you start to build your awareness and it, to be honest, you don't really realize till you, you start to, you know, move on from it really and, and, and see how, it, how the difference in yourself basically. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'm a big advocate of, of journaling. I think it's a, a hugely beneficial uh, activity to engage in and I think it has you know you mentioned the dear diary thing and I think that's uh, that's one of the challenges that journaling has that people think that there's a perception that that's what it is it's like a, you know, it's a teenager dear diary thing but it's, it's not about that for me it's about um you know cognitively you can't retain everything that you experience it's not like you know we, your memory is not a tape recorder you know it doesn't your eyes don't video or your eyes and ears don't your senses that's better way. your senses don't video or record what's happening and then you recall it when you need to so actually there can be a whole lot of stuff happening and going on that that you're not aware of and it's only through the reflective aspect of it and, and, and capturing those reflections that you then start to try and make sense of what it is so um I, you know i think the that that journaling aspect is is hugely important and if I can, and if you don't want to go there, then I'm happy for you to say no. Mm. But I, I'm curious about the that I'm not good enough narrative. Yeah. Um. Where, what what were you not good enough for, like in comparison to, or or you know, kind of what was what were you not good enough against, or yeah, you know, what was what was that about? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. No. I'm happy to answer that. So, um, it's a really good question because, uh, I think it, it was never about comparing myself to other people. Ever. Okay. It was I had an idea in my head of who I was and wanted to be, and I just felt like I could never. I, I was just getting too far away from that, and it it felt like I was skimming life. If that makes sense, you're just in the shallow end, trying to make, just doing a little tiny bit of lots of different things to keep things going, rather than what I really care about is doing great work and couldn't ever give anything my full attention and energy so yeah. I always felt like I just wasn't doing enough to what I wanted it to be and that was I realized I put that own pressure on myself and I you know I I think you can get this sense of perfectionism that can creep in which is very dangerous um, and I had to let go of that actually is that sense of trying to be perfect because no one's perfect and it's not achievable either um, but um but yeah, I, I think it was more my own idea of like how, who I wanted to be and how I wanted to be um, rather than comparing myself to, to anyone or anything. I had, you know, I had aspirations of, you know, what, what, how, I want, how I wanted things to kind of develop to be and it, kind of what you were saying earlier, I was kind of getting in my own way basically. Um, so... Yeah, it was never that I was getting any feedback to say that I wasn't good enough or that I thought I looked at other people and thought I couldn't be that. I, I've always tended to have self-belief, so it was a surprise to me when I started to feel like negative about myself, to be honest, um, that I couldn't do it all. Um, 
but that now I look back and I, I said, basically, I just didn't look after myself. Um, there's a bunch of other things that, of course, could have helped in, you know, whether you look at managers or support or the, the business and, you know, things that are happening around you. But I think the thing that I learned is it has to come from yourself. And this is the thing about um, mental wellness generally, like not just talking about burnout here, but is you have to learn to look after yourself and to forgive your own shortcomings and you're only a human being and you, you start to build up a resilience um so the thing that started to turn it like well just i think was a tipping point is um you know you, we wake up with all these distractions you wake you know first thing you want to look at your phone you see a bunch of emails you're already now in this kind of anxious state um thinking i need to do this i need to do that da, 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 da. and um I stopped doing that, so I stopped looking at my phone in the morning, um, and I started, I read a book called um, The Obstacle is the Way, um, okay. and I think it's Ryan Holiday um, who, who writes it, and it's basically a book which brings in more ancient philosophy called Stoicism, but it brings it okay. into everyday life, um, and the idea of it's really simple that you know you you have agency you can influence your perception and your actions you can't there's loads of stuff you can't change in life um obviously there's a bunch of stuff you can there's always going to be good there's always going to be bad there's always going to be pain there's always going to be you know, elements of joy so it's your it's how you perceive that and relate to that um and how you you accept that um to, to build resilience basically and I'm, I'm sure there's better ways of describing it but I just started to use that <clears throat> as a source of strength to you know l look more objectively at what was feeling quite overwhelming at different times um, to yeah and, and just to build some mental resilience really um, so mm -hmm. that was just the start of it and and since then I've just started to learn really and you, ha you have to look after yourself you've got to be start to build awareness as to what's what's good for you what gives you the injection so that you feel good and I don't mean just like oh yeah I'm really happy and I'm having a nice time it's 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 your energy you know what gives you energy and what drains your energy and ensuring that you've got the right balance there because mm. you're always going to have things that drain your energy and that can be just making decisions it could be anything which requires you to focus and think about things it could be emotional you know have you got emotional demands on you at work and at home um, it can be physical as well you know if you're which relates to sleep and mm. how you use your day and, and your body so you start to just like realize okay well right now I'm depleted of you know physically I'm depleted emotionally you know all the things that like you start to like just piece it together so you have to look just learn to look after yourself and there's just not enough out there um, and I just think we live in such a busy crazy world now where te technology's everywhere non-stop you're accessible actually that's the other thing that I should mention is I was surprised also how I found social life stressful because okay. I would get uh, to the end of my day I had a bunch of emails that I needed to get to um, and I've been back to back in meetings so I always have all my work to do and this is a modern day problem, but everyone contacts you on Facebook, on WhatsApp. I would have like a bunch like group messages and there'd be 
200 messages I just couldn't keep up with what my friends were talking about and doing so okay. it's just all, all these things build up so uh, I think some people just reach the point where they it's just lots of things happening and you have to then regain some some control um so so yeah um, I can't even remember what your question was now but there's, that's all right. yeah, there's... so I, I just had my first sniff oh damn it oh you're doing just so well first. I'm doing so well um and I would, I would wait. I would imagine, or maybe I could, I could suggest that that stress in social life and not being able to keep up bit that that reinforce that I'm not good enough narrative because yeah. that yeah, if I can't keep up, I'm not a good enough friend, or I'm not, I'm, I'm not a good enough, um, you know, part of that social circle because I, there's this whole conversation that I'm not contributing to, and if I'm not contributing to it, the the the, the 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 me that I know would contribute to that and they'd have something to say or they'd be wanting to get involved and but yeah. I'm not so therefore I'm not good enough would that be a yeah absolutely I definitely there, there's a real element of expectation and yeah the role that you play in different parts of your life um that's definitely the case and you know I I'm not I, I don't have kids in the family but I can imagine it's it's even more of a role where you have your family obligations and as well as you know work and social life um, and I, d- I did some work um, when I did my MSc in the role of burnout it's funny how these things happen oh, really? <laughs> um, okay. yeah I did um, I-, I was exploring the role of positive psychology which is much more rather than focusing on the problem what are the things that actually um, help influence um, and protect you from some of these negative things that can happen and it was about social identity and social support which is the idea that you know when you are part of a group or a team or a business you you internalize those values and if, if they align with you and social support which is your peers and people you can trust and relate to these are aspects that can help protect and buffer you from burnout they're not absolute but it's it can help protect you um, and as I did that, I because I had open-ended questions, and I went back to that research really recently because I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to look back to see what I learned there. And the research did prove it showed that you know if you are part of a team that you connect with, and if you have support in your peer groups within that team at work, then yeah. it does buffer burnout. Um, which I had isolated myself a bit really because I had so much on. I. I I actually realised I didn't have that so much. I had close confides, but I just didn't hadn't had the time to draw on that resource, which I did have. I just hadn't used it. Um, but when I went into the more, like qualitative stuff, so the written information that people had shared in the survey, I remember at the time I was blown away by how much people shared. When you actually asked the questions around, how is it? How are you? How's it feeling? and mm. the relationship of those demands and and the stress that you're experiencing at work and and with your family life and there are some really like heart-wrenching stuff in there of, of people feeling like they're not good enough and they're letting down their family or they can't be good at both and there's this feeling of like you have to be like this superwoman if you're a female or superman if you're male i think probably the superwoman thing came out more in women because generally they felt more obliged to um, be you know the, the key you know caretaker so to speak at yeah, the time yeah, yeah. so so it, it, to be honest it's, it's really it's, it's I find it fascinating and I'm, I'm actually really interested now to 
to go back to that and and, and I, th I think we need to do more at work to address it and and a lot of it's building awareness there's a lot of attitudes out there which is I think stress is a well-known concept um, I think it can be uh, unfortunately misunderstood and you get attitudes like oh, they can't hack it here you know this is just what it's like blah 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 and there is yeah. highly stressful roles don't get me wrong and there's there's heaps of it in terms of medical professions um, that actually have shown the amount of emotional and you know cognitive strain that they get um, but there's just so much more to be done there's not enough understanding of what burnout is and what the signs are and increasingly just from what I, I read it it's a growing problem um, that mm. is is probably impacting lots of people and their performance and their health so it leads to health problems you're more likely to you know experience all sorts of diseases if you're burnt out for a long time um, and yeah it, you're right it, it's entwined with you know what are the expectations you're letting down your friends or you're letting down your family or you know you, you're because you'll probably go home and get criticized you know <laughs> you're you know you're, you're home late or you know you've mm. forgotten something again and so you're always missing the mark for what you expect of yourself or what other do um, if it gets that bad you know um, yeah yeah because you, you mentioned that 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 narrative of I'm not good enough wasn't part of kind of who you were, then it became part of what's happening when you were in that burnout kind of phase. Um, is it with you now? No, not at all. I I've been really I've had and this is where I think I talked about yoga at the start, but there is so much that you you have to let go of. I think to to overcome difficulty and um, this isn't anything major people go through much more difficult things but I think regardless no matter how big or small it is you have to learn to like yourself and to forgive yourself and to just know that you're doing your best all the time um, and there's then things that you can do to help ensure that you're you know managing yourself better basically so now I, I don't feel that way anymore um and you know I have made a bunch of changes that I think have been better for me all round and I think the other part of that's also other people will maybe say things to you um to help you realize things positive or negative yeah. um but only you can be the true judge of where you are and what you need um because it's all your own emotion basically and your own energy so so yeah so now I feel much better in myself and interestingly people then notice it they say oh you seem really like you you look really well is the, is the comment that you get and um so yeah you, you can you can put in positive things that make it possible uh, but the big thing is you, you have to it's up to you to do that really you know as much as all these things around you can build stress and burnout you have to rec you have to learn to recognize it um organizations have a massive role to play too um to ensure that there's the right balance there because unfortunately as human beings we're you know by design we end up trying to do what's expected of us we're social creatures and it can be taken advantage of by organizations um and lead to all sorts of problems so it is in their interest so um that's that's what i'm really interested in, in now Okay, so I, I, I want to come back to that in a minute because I, I made some notes earlier on about um, 
something that you said and I don't want to come back to it but I, I want to stick with and, and, and I, I, if you feel like I'm being too personal then tell me but I want to stick with the, the shift in that narrative because mm. I think both from and I guess I'm coming from a few different perspectives so I'm coming from the conversation that I've had with Amanda recently that I talked about in the introduction to the podcast I'm thinking about you know my own self-talk that I get in my head mm. and also the you know the conversations I have with with others as well so changing that narrative from I'm not good enough to then being free of that that is something that that I think a lot of people really struggle with so mm. I'd really like to know you know how, how did you do that then you know you mentioned yoga but how, how have you got got from a gone from a point of I'm doing my reflections I'm capturing it in a journal and what I'm hearing and seeing on the page is I'm not good enough and I can and you know and I'm, I'm not good enough in this way or that way and now you're that's something that you don't have with you now so how did you go through that yeah. what was the transition for you yeah it's um I, I'm, I'm guessing it's different for everyone um but I guess I drew my inspiration from it, it, it sounds a bit deep but I, I did drew, dri- drive my own inspiration from stoicism because what okay. that's doing is it's building your awareness of yourself it's, it's awareness of your emotions how you're feeling what you're thinking and it's doesn't it's not giving you a step-by-step guide by the way of this is going to make you brilliant and happy but it, it just gave me the strength to re- recognize when i was having a hard time um, or maybe why um so what would be some of the stuff that you would do then what would be like what would be like an activity that you would do or a, a practice that that, that, would, that you would that would happen within that yeah I, I don't know if there's it's really hard to describe I think that so basically I just started to listen to snippets every single day so I've become a big believer that you, you know there's this, there's this saying that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with you know we, we are influenced by our environment and the triggers around us it could be the advert you see on TV I mean even if it's all on the subconscious level all these things are adding to how you think subconsciously and so just to talk more broadly before I talk about me so yeah, you know we're, we're always being inundated with all these messages you know that you want to buy new things that you know supermodels look like this you know, all the things that we we know about so to be honest that, that what I started doing is realizing I can't just magically switch this it doesn't just happen overnight is I have to change my environment and the triggers and the things that are stimulating my thinking every day to be better, more positive, and and that are going to help me just see and feel things in a different way. So I would, first of all, like not look at my phone in the morning. That's a really practical thing. So I wouldn't look at emails, nothing. First hour of the day is your hour. Last hour of the day, your hour. Don't let other things like getting the way with your thinking I listened to interesting books and podcasts and like these little stoic meditations so to speak every day like it it didn't even need to really be listening to it properly it was just positive noise and narratives that are giving me a different perspective to what my brain might have been doing you know at the time so that was one two things the journal thing I've kept doing um, even though I've, I feel like so much better um, every now and again you have a bad day and it creeps back in you, you creep back into 
oh, this is like life, like life feels harder. I don't feel good again. Um, mm. I, I can't achieve, you know, and, and this sense of fear creeps in that you're, you're not the person that you're trying to be. Um, so just by journaling it, you start to realize it's happening. Just do it because you started to change things around you. You just, you catch it. So I notice that now. And now I've got to the point where I can spot it and I don't believe it anymore. I just see that this is my emotion and this is how I'm feeling. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. That's what's going on right now. And because I've been building gradually, it takes a long time, all these things that are positive, I don't see that as me anymore. Does that make sense? I just see it as it's an, it's a state. Um, and you have to, you actually have to like learn just to let go and learn and just recognize that you're doing your best and it's okay and, and it's good to like yourself you just have to look after yourself and then the last thing is um like to try and remove judgment of other people and only rely on your own judgment of yourself basically um okay it's yeah. it's only you know your journey and what you need for you um so it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter if someone says to you, oh, that will never happen, or I don't think that's a good idea, or yeah, right, you're more like this. You know, People will box you and have a view of you, but don't let that define you. So just like focusing on yourself, but it, it, it's a daily practice. You can't not do it every day. Um, and it, you know, it's, again I end up talking about psychology but you know cognitive behavioral therapy is basically all based on that based on changing your thinking patterns um so yeah and you know who do you spend time with you know are you around people who are actually inspiring you are you have you got things that you you're working on or that you're looking forward to that add to who you are your sense of purpose and that you enjoy you know you're not doing things because you feel you have to and that you're obliged to these are all the things that add up they're additive over time to you feeling better about yourself and not succumbing to this idea of I'm not good enough um, so I think I, I don't know if it ever completely is n never there um, but you have to learn to accept yourself basically um, yeah. so I don't I, I think it is different for everyone but you have to you can't do it on your own you have to find sources of inspiration around you get support practice it every day in some shape or form and you just learn to build the awareness over time and then you start to overcome it and you start to feel more of a sense of flow you start to get the positive affirmation of the things that actually are meaningful to you and count um so yeah i mean i'm still on that journey so i that but that's what i found yeah well i i, I don't think there's an end though so you know we, as humans we love our journey metaphors um but i don't think there's a, there's ever an end to that journey because things change and life changes mm. you know so um yeah so as an example last year was probably the hardest year i've ever had mentally you know from a mental health and well-being point of view 2017 was by far and away the toughest year i've ever had i've had you know, difficult years and, and stressful years and so on but but, but it was just really hard and you know it took a lot of effort and a lot of work to to kind of get through it and navigate it in a way where I felt well um, and, and some of that still translates across into this year but um, because you know that's what you know I, did I intend to fall over ice skating and fracture a vertebrae in my back no 
but that's what happened. And then, you know, there was, there was then a need to, to deal with what happened, you know, the investigation to find out that's what had occurred and then the, the, you know, the remedial action to fix it. And, and you know, it, I had to learn a whole new set of skills last year or, or, re- or relearn or reapply some of the skills that I learned in the past. So I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a journey that we ever, that we ever really end. No. No. Okay. All right. So we talked about um, sort of different depletions. So we you talked to, we talked about physical depletion in terms of the the sleep and the physical exertion of, of travel and work. We talked about mental depletion in terms of concentration and attention and those sorts of things. We talked about emotional depletion, um, which kind of culminated in in you being acting in ways that are different to what you would normally do, being snappy. Um, you know, reacting to, to things as opposed to the calm that you would normally associate with you. Were there any other aspects that kind of form part of the, of that burnout for you? Yeah, I think, um, I, I guess it might have been implied, but perhaps not as closely as you, because you're focused on just doing what you need to do, you end up conserving resources like your energy um, or trying to steal moments um, so you end up doing things you wouldn't normally do like I would go into the office and I wouldn't want I'd try and get there before people were there because people became stressful because people became distractions or people became interruptions to the stuff that I was trying to do so I would I actually started to withdraw that's really interesting yeah the way, the way that you frame that is really interesting yeah yeah sorry go on carry on carry yeah on, sorry. no yeah it is um but I, I'm a really, you know, I like spending time with people, but I found that I would withdraw. I would take myself away from people. So I'd come in and I'd go straight into a meeting room because I didn't want to see anyone. I just needed to get what I needed to do done because I knew that if I didn't get it done, then it's like a domino effect for the day. Um, and I would find it really stressful. I'd go from, I'd be in a meeting and I'd be walking to my next meeting and I'm now switching, okay, I've been in with these people talking about these things, I'm now moving into a completely different challenge or situation, personality, different mindset of how I need to now put hat on for. So I'll be doing that, and that is sacred when you're like running till empty, that's a sacred, sacred period of time to build, get into the next bit to be prepared otherwise you get caught out you turn up and you you know you, the worst case situation is you're not prepared and you you don't show up in the right way um and no one wants to feel caught out like that um and people would because i was unavailable more actually it meant that people would then seek you out more yeah, i was gonna <laughs> say they they, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're hiding away from me where are you yeah and yeah. so they would actually come and walk with me to, from one meeting to the next and I would sometimes have you know more than one person because they needed something so I created this bottleneck for myself where things were bottling up to me because I couldn't manage I wasn't managing it um so anyway it was it that started to become like that's that's one of the additional things I think is when you're stressed and burnt out you you become re- your brain starts to just really focus on what you need to do and the task and you can't think as big and as creatively and it's really hard to explain because unless you've gone through it 
you kind of hear it and you're like, well, just change this or do less or delegate it to this person. Or, you know, it feels so obvious to say what that person needs to do. Mm. But your whole psychology and everything in your body is, is chemically different and you, you're just in this narrow mindset. And so you, yeah, you see everything becomes about just how you fo- focus on those key things and I noticed I withdrawed from people I didn't want to be around people because I didn't like how I felt um, and or I would just it'd be exhausting because it's another emotional drain <laughs> you're using more of those resources that you yeah, have limited supply of that you might need to save for the next meeting um, and sometimes you just couldn't do it you, know, you, you would be drained in a meeting and you know you wouldn't be your best you wouldn't be on point so um so that was probably another element is just how people and relationships that are normally positive actually start to feel like they're just adding to the stress, basically, um, and that you take yourself away. And, and that, I, I imagine you know, if, if I then try and link stuff together from what, what we talked about, that that almost creates like a paradox of, I know you need my help and I really want to help you. I haven't got time to help you because if I don't help you I can't do this X work or this project or these actions that I need to do yeah. um, and, and which like which is the, the, the lesser of those two evils do I want to be the person that doesn't help somebody or do I want to be the person that doesn't deliver their work and then that reinforces the narrative of I'm not good enough because there's no way you can succeed there. You know, there's there's no there's no outcome from that scenario where your where where your your view of yourself is going to be a positive one. Because <laughs> exactly. either I either I've let somebody down because I've not delivered the project, or I've let somebody down because I've not given them the help that they need. Well, Ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there because it, you're continuously basically trading off, you know, what different situations and what that might mean, and basically it gets to the point where you just feel like you're working 120 percent to keep whatever you're doing going but you're failing at everything like that's what it feels like because you're not you're only giving everything or everyone a little bit or you're having to trade off and then you're you're never in a (laughs) win-win you're always in this kind of sense of lose-lose um and that's the thing that I won't forget is I would start a day, look ahead at what I needed to do and what my time was like and how I felt. And I would just start it and I, it would be like taking a gigantic breath and thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do today. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's not possible to do everything that I need to do and everything is critical and really important and do, do you know what I mean and yeah, you look at it and, you're like, and you think sometimes you look back and you think like it's just a job like it's just work like come on like there's there's so many more important things in life and there is it's that's the thing you lose all perspective when you're in it um because you're just trying to keep things going so um so yeah, you, you just you do start to feel like you're you're just failing everyone and everything, um, and it, that's how it feels. The interesting thing is, I, you know, unless you knew me well, you wouldn't necessarily know that I'm just running around and doing what I need to do, and people wouldn't know that. They would just see that I'm doing my job and I'm busy. Um, other people probably deal with it in different ways and you know people generally do have breakdowns and they have to stop work and I read an article literally only the other day of 
you know, a senior HR person who is very well respected, very good at what she does, and she's just written about the fact that she's gone through that um, and her experience of that. And it is all yeah. about look how you have to look after yourself. And um, so, yeah, it is. It, you end up like having to feel like you're trading off all the time on certain things, um, you know, at work and at home with, you know, different people. Um, if you if you can remember it, could you send me a link to that article? I'd like to put it in the um, I'd like to put it in the show notes if that's all right. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's um, yeah, definitely. Okay. And I'm seeing more and more of that now, which is really positive. Is um, you know people sharing their experiences. Um, it's and it is much. It's probably easier to do when you are more. Se- I, f- I feel like it's probably easier to do when you're a senior leader, maybe because. You're there putting the voice out to say it's okay, but I think there's lots of people who hide it every day, um, or whatever their struggle is, and it's you know they don't get to talk about it. So um, yeah, it's good to read these things just to see that we're all human and people that you wouldn't expect probably are going through different difficult times. Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting that one I think because. Uh, I don't, I don't want to frame it. Um, so let's talk about it from a personal experience point of view. So for a long time, I didn't I didn't want anyone to know that I was struggling. Mm-hmm. Last year, as an example, yeah. you know, and, and not not because I not because I was like scared of how I'd be perceived or um, so. That's not instead of doing what it was, let's do what it was. So what it was was I I didn't feel like I was clear enough in myself about what was happening and what was going on. So therefore, I I couldn't articulate it mm. to anybody else, um, and it got to the I think it was around October time. I did a blog post on LinkedIn, um, which I called the Hush or the Race, and, and I wrote it from a um, from a first person point of view of the emotions that I was feeling. Mm. So I, I, I like wrote it as as if I was that as if I was the, the, the tumultuous emotion that was kind of running almost constantly in me. Um, and, and I find it really cathartic as, as a start, but also it helped me just, it was the first time I felt like I could articulate it well. Yeah. Um, and, and then I was able to share it. So I, I agree with you. I think there are, there are hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people struggling every day mm-hmm. with this sort of stuff. And, but I think part of it is is the stigma that is still around it um i think part of it is also the inability to articulate what it is so it's like i, I know that something is not right but i don't know what it is i don't know i don't know what's not right but there's something that is just like not right right now and i can't kind of say and articulate what that is and so and it's only afterwards where you can then look or maybe not after it completely but when you're it's bad to say what i said earlier on when you're in it it's really hard to ration to, to work with it and reflect on it and and, and, be, and make sense of it because you are so in it it's only when yeah. you can find some space or time to step out of it even just for a minute that allows you to go oh wow look at all that stuff that's happening over there that's wow that's yeah. amazing yeah no it's, it's a yeah I completely agree it's it feels like you can't quite grasp at what it is it's just you're in it um, everything's cloudy and you're just you yeah you and it's almost not quite realizing i think what's going on yourself for a period of time until you like it, it gets to the point where 
something else is giving you feedback on it you know whether it's a person whether it's realizing you haven't done stuff that you normally do um whether it's you change you know lots of people end up you know eating more unhealthily or drinking more and you know all these things it, it adds up um but i think like the other thing which i was thinking as you were talking is you know I, there's certain professions that have been more well documented and research of people who are dealing with this and uh, you know nurses and you know medical professors uh, professions yeah, or emergency services as well yeah, yeah. and yeah. it just made me think because actually it made me reflect on my own experience but also probably maybe what other people feel is you're in it and maybe you haven't quite even grasped exactly what it is you just know that it's hard you know and you don't feel good and you don't really know why it's just hard um is the sense of you're kind of stuck with it like you're, you're you don't see what can change because you're so um caught up in it that you don't see the way out like you're just dealing with whatever demands are in front of you and that becomes your main focus do you see what i mean yeah it's yeah just, absolutely you don't have any other capacity to help you get out of it um and that must be really hard if you've got a job which is it you may maybe there is less flexibility or it's just the nature of the work i don't know and is that being looked at enough um because i think that's i definitely felt that at a period of time was i just saw my massively long list of things to do and it, it, it just felt like i didn't have any energy to work out how to get out of it so all my energy was just with I just need to be as best as I can at these things and obviously yeah. you have a break and a break helps but actually burnout takes can take up to two years to recover from because of the physiological effects it has and mental effects it has on your overall well-being yeah so no, the break, I agree the break just becomes restoration and that's what you know Michael my other half would say is I come home at the weekends I'd be exhausted. I just all I had to do was recover, <laughs> like really. And it's yeah. not that I wouldn't do things. I, mean, I, I don't know if you're listening and thinking, God, like you were a mess. Um, <laughs> to be honest, most people wouldn't know. I, I, I would be, you know, come across still okay and I'd still do lots of things, but it's just how it feels. You lose yeah, no, the, the, the space to be creative and all of that. So, and you're right. I think, you know, if you had a hard time last year, it's. How do you, like, how do you process that, and what do you do with that? And yeah, actually, that's where writing does actually help, or talking to someone. And it's part of the reason that I can that I continued the podcast all the way through last year. You know, the podcast was something that gave me joy. You know, it was it was a chance for me to be, um, you know, so a I could be at home, so I didn't, you know, physically I didn't have to travel around to do it. I could do it, mm. you know, sat down at my dining room table as I am now. Um, but it also meant I could have some really interesting conversations. I could, yes, have great insight from lots of different people. Um, and it was an opportunity for me to kind of do some of the stuff that I love, but not having to worry about some of the physical, um, or some of the physical activity that goes with it. Mm. And, and I agree with you, the, the, restor- the restorative part is, is vitally important. And so a real, someone I know really well, um, they got to a point of burnout and when they got signed off from work they were sleeping for 14 15 hours a day mm. sleep overnight sleep loads in the day 
and then still be absolutely exhausted by the end of the day. And it was almost like the body was saying, right, now you stopped. I, I need time now to, to, to build it all back up again. You know, so you've depleted your reserves so much that actually I need to repair and to do that, you know, yeah. I, I need you to rest. And, you know, and, and that's the physical restorative part. Then there's the, the mental and emotional restorative part, which, you know, is still an ongoing, um, you know, still an ongoing challenge for, for the person I'm thinking of. You know, they're still work, having to work really hard yeah. to to restore that sense of self, that sense of identity, that sense of mm. um, you know being being capable of what they're doing, you know, and failing others or failing themselves and, and those sorts of things. So it's yeah, it's really interesting because there's something that um, just talking about like restoration and um, kind of recouping what you need to you know feel better. I read an article and I can try and find it again and share, share it, which was please. Um, yeah, I've got. A, I can send a list. I've got lots. Oh, that this, sounds good. <laughs> this one is. Um, I thought it was a really interesting angle where it was something called when a benefit isn't a benefit, and it was basically pointing out an organisation who, with the best intentions, created a benefit, which meant that if you hadn't been off sick from your job for six months you got a free duvet day and it's a nice idea but actually what this person was saying was that's not a benefit like a sick day shouldn't be something that you you shouldn't do like if you're not feeling well and it could be obviously you're genuinely you caught a bug or something but a sick day can also be you're just not you, you just need to actually to, to have a rest you've, you've overworked and I don't yeah. know you you you're, you're not on form and that's where you get if you don't do that if you don't take time off to recoup um you get this presenteeism effect which is you go to work but you're not really being effective um and so many days get lost to that um and it's it's not good for people obviously or organizations but it was just a really interesting article to say actually this isn't right to have yeah. just this you know condemning sick days you know and you get a free free duvet day and i'm not saying duvet days are bad to be honest that sounds great but it's it's not a bad thing to have a sick day so i've started thinking recently you know what do we really mean by a sick day and you know should you feel guilty for having a sick day and i think that's the thing people feel guilty for not working unless it's literally like physical sickness yeah Um, but uh, but i agree completely you know it's and and I, I mean, I, I obviously I don't have, you know, I don't work in an organisation, but if I if I think about a lot of the people that I that I do work with, the idea of them ringing up their boss and saying, I am I am just I just I'm just I just can't concentrate today. I'm that tired. I'm that exhausted. I've been, you know, thinking that hard about all the different work I've worked that hard that I just can't come in today. I need to take a day off, and, and I'll be back in tomorrow. The expectation would be either you take that as holiday not sick yeah. or it would be well then you're incapable of doing your job you know so it, it, it it's, it's not a it's not a phoning in sick for a for kind of mental depletion whether that be through stress or anxiety or whatever that is it's just not a credible thing to do you know, it's, mm. it's just not okay and then that's where you know that, that's where if, if if i did if i did some analysis of um absence reasons within organizations i would bet my mortgage on the fact that 
mental health only is recorded as a reason for absence when it is a long-term absence, when it is a week or more. I would wait, yeah, I'd put my mortgage on the fact that nobody rings up and says, I'm off sick today for mental health reasons. I just, it's, it's, I think it's the reason why people are off sick a lot, but I don't think it's the reason they give. They'll give a stomach bug, flu, cold, headache, migraine, because those physical ailments are okay to be off with, the mental ailments aren't. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think um, that, I mean, I, it's funny you say that because there is some interesting statis- statistics which have come my way as I've been looking into this and trying to understand it better. And so, the Office of National Statistics. So I don't know, like, what they base this on. It might be, as you said, is it long-term sickness or absence, or is it um, being measured in a different way? that 40% of work-related illness cases report to be stress, anxiety or depression related. One in two of all working days lost are due to ill health linked to stress, anxiety or depression. So basically half of lost working days are because people aren't feeling well in themselves. They, they're, you know, and some of that might be more clinical, you know, that, and that is obviously more extreme, but a lot of mental like health issues can be caused by work like burnout and mental health is is linked um yeah absolutely so it is um it is crazy so it it's just got me really thinking so okay well what do we, what does that mean <laughs> do you know what i mean like, yeah no we... i agree so uh, you know i don't i don't know if there's an answer to that yet and and what's you know is there is there work being done around that in how we how we just organise our workplaces and pe- and help people manage and, and have more flexibility in that. Obviously, flexible working helps regardless. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think... I don't, I'm just not hearing enough or seeing enough in how we tackle that. Um, so, yeah, just uh, it, it's quite shocking, really, how, much, how many sick days and how much working days are lost to this. Um, and, and yeah, and, and I'd, like I said, I don't know. I'd have to read the ONS report, but I, I would wager that the reason we get to one and two is because things like anxiety, depression, stress, they they account for so many days, you know. So, and, and that's the part of the reason that I, you know, I set up emotion at work. Part of the reason that I call my company the way I do is because what what ends up happening is we reach the we reach the catastrophe point. We reach the point where somebody can't cope anymore, and then. Exactly. And then the system triggers to say, right, now we'll give you some help. And for me, that's just arse about face. It really is. Yeah. Because what, what, if we can deal with the... Um, so I'm going to link it back to, to part of your story from earlier on. I love my work. I enjoy my work. My, my work gives me joy and passion. And I, and I work really hard because of the work that I do. At some point, I, I feel like, whether this is fair to say or not, I feel like somebody in that organisation needed to say to you, slow down or stop. Um, because you're in it and you can't see that. But cause yeah. it, it's one of those things where like the narrative at the moment, around, a lot of the narrative around the workplace, you, you know, whether it be Simon Sinek, whether it be whoever it is, it's like, give us purpose, give us meaning, give us work that, that, that brings us joy and we are passionate about it and we can really engage in it and we can feel like it matters. But what's not being said is that could cause real big issues for people because they love their job so much, because what they do matters so much, because it has so much meaning, 
they then prioritize that over themselves and they don't give themselves the permission mm. or the opportunity or whatever that is to to be well and look after themselves too so it's like well it's all very well getting a, a workplace full of people that are passionate and determined but the risk is that mm-hmm. they will then overwork and then burn themselves out just like in this in the, the the net result of um absence and, and burnout is the same as it would have been if they were in an organization where they were being micromanaged where they were being expected to do too much or asked to do too much or they were being ridiculed if they left early or they were being um you know negatively rated if they went to their child's um or a, or a caregiver's important kind of meeting or, or whatever that might be the the net result is the same um, but i don't think that's really talked about either yeah that's yeah i find that really interesting there's a few things that spring to mind like one is so absolutely i think if you know i had if i really had someone who seriously kind of called called it out with me and helped helped with that and it's not just calling it out it's it's actually working it through with that person and getting some practical things because the problem is when you're feeling when you're in that space like i said you just the mental horsepower to think like is already being used up from so many things so you need actually someone to help really break it down and simplify it and make it easier for you um and take you know to so you're not having to use more of your energy to fix it. It helps where someone can really, you know, just push their way in a bit to help you. But you have to be, like, open to that. Like, you have to be ready for that. Um, so, yeah, totally agree with that. Um, and it also got me thinking how I was at the British Red Cross the other day. And obviously okay. they have a lot of volunteers and, you know, fundraisers and people who get very, very emotionally invested in their work because they care about obviously the cause that they're working for and they go off to other countries and are in these very difficult uh, situations um, with, with poverty and you know war and all these very challenging circumstances and but, you know she did mention because I was talking about stress at work and some of the things we've been talking about and she said that actually at the British Red Cross they have think forced not that sounds a bit aggressive but they have planned holiday days that you have to take when you're in that world because they because you don't want to stop when you love what you do and you really you see a bigger problem than yourself you know you you actually can start to compromise on your own self and you don't rest and you you exhaust and burn yourself out so they actually plan that in which i think was, was quite interesting and the other thing I was thinking as you were talking was, so uh, this is a story of me talking about my experience and and what I've learned and how that was. And I I liked my job, I liked my company, um, and I liked, you know, I had meaning to my work. Uh, you know, over time that starts to feel a little bit more challenging when you're in that space, but overall I did. What if you're going through that and you don't love what you do like that blows my mind like imagine really hating it if like you don't like you're you're burnt out you, you're feeling everything that we've just talked about and you don't see a way out or you feel that you have to or it's work that you don't see the point of and and where do you go with that 
that that's a, a sad thing to think about and you know hopefully there's not too many cases of that unfortunately I think there probably are more than we realize um but yeah I mean my advice is if you're in that position is you have to just stop and and get uh, ask for get a network and support network around you and start to seek help in either in people or you know in in reading things that are going to help or journaling whatever it is you just have to stop because I think the 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 thing that I found was I kept thinking I just need to get over this bit if I just get to this point then I can deal and make this better but it just ends up carrying on because you've you've actually started to become tolerant of your own stress and burnout (laughs) um even though it feels horrendous so yeah you have to just stop and take a rain check and talk to someone um even if you you don't quite know how to articulate it and I think like you said that's the challenge but you have to just find somewhere to start and that that circles us around really nicely back to the beginning where I said first week of March that's when it stops (laughs) yes I know yes Phil back to you now (laughs) so yeah yeah. okay but you do you have you have to you can't sustain it is the point and yeah. the, the longer that you do you rationalize it in your head that you just need to crack that like, crack on and do it um but it it starts to affect your productivity and how effective you are and that's i don't know if you found that actually phil where this is what i found is um a task which if i was on point like optimal health and energy um I would be able to do a certain task maybe in 30 minutes and it'd be high quality. When I was feeling exhausted, it could take me an hour and a half, that same task, because I'd be getting distracted. I just wouldn't feel as motivated by it, all these things. So if you think about just, you know, the mathematics of that, just taking a break for an hour a day that you maybe feel like you don't have time for, or just introducing more breaks, you know, regularly. Um, just 15 minutes going for a walk. That's one thing I also did is I just stopped and I'd just break for 15 minutes. Um, it, it actually gives you back energy to tackle things to so tackle you can stuff. do it quicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I agree. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, so I, I'm going to start to put us together and, and wrap up if that's all right. For, for a few different reasons. One, I really need to go to the loo. <laughs> Two, um, yeah. is, um, you know, I think we've covered an awful lot of ground um, mm. today. And, and I've, I'm so grateful that um, that you've been so open and, and happy to share both how it felt at the time, that, what the different aspects were, how your kind of, what your coping mechanisms and strategies were and, and all those sorts of things. So it's been, yeah, a really, a really valuable um time and a really valuable conversation so thank you very much i'm very grateful is there um if you could send me any links to any articles you said you've got quite a few so if you could send me links to those that'd be great and i could pop them uh, i could mm. pop them into the show notes but is there is there anything else then that you want to kind of add or, or pull together before we close um not not massively just thank you phil for having me on it's i've really enjoyed talking about it and it's you know it's even cathartic just working it through and I hope for anyone listening you know if you if you're in that situation that you've it might have even helped raise your awareness in some way of what you're going through and things to think about or if you don't maybe you've never 
been in this situation that you you might know people or recognize some of their signs so you can start to see that and take some action so no that's probably it and yeah it's been really cool being on the, on this podcast thanks phil brilliant thank you and if people wanted to get hold of you how would what would be a good way to get hold of you your uh, twitter yeah. handle or yeah maybe i mean i'm on linkedin i'm on twitter um i think my twitter is amy underscore c underscore king so feel free to get in touch um or amy charlotte king on linkedin and they're probably the best ways to ping me a note if you'd like to talk wonderful i'll put links to both those profiles in the show notes as well so all right well thank you so much for for sharing your experience sharing your story with us um, amy and yeah it's been really great to have you uh, on the podcast so thank you very much you've been listening to the emotion at work podcast written recorded and presented by phil wilcox edited together by simon leverton you can find more information at emotionatwork.co.uk or follow us on twitter at, at phil wilcox thanks for listening Thank you.